Welcome to HR in 15, a podcast dedicated to addressing the complexities of modern HR in just 15 minutes. Brought to you by Prestige PEO, simplifying HR. Welcome to another episode of HR in 15. I'm Tim Kelly, Director of Sales and Business Development here at Prestige PEO. I'm excited to host this episode and welcome Joe Ellis to the show. Joe is a senior vice president at CBiz and a longtime employee benefits consultant. He's currently leading the charge to create a PEO marketplace for small business community through CBiz. And he's also president elect of the Greater Valley Forge Human Resources Association, a local cap chapter of SHRM. Employee benefits are certainly a hot topic for employers as we head into a new year with no end to the COVID-19 pandemic in sight. How's this pandemic impacting healthcare costs? And how will that in turn impact both employers and employees to discuss how employee benefit plan designs might change and what that'll mean for small business? Joe, thanks for joining us today. Happy to have you. Thank you, Tim. Happy to be here. Great. So Joe, per the intro, give us an idea of what's happening in healthcare in light of the, the COVID-19 pandemic. Well, I think it's important to uh, put a little bit of a, a stop in your mind, in your thinking about um, the, you know, the positives and the negatives. What's going on with this? What's true and what's not true? And all of the TV and radio and news that we see often talks about shortages and it talks about uh, hospitals being full. And, and I think there's a lot of scary stories out there about uh, what's happening with the pandemic. And I think um, here's in reality what's happening. The demand for healthcare is way down in many sectors. For example, uh, preventive care is almost impossible to come by because uh, first, nobody really wants to go to the doctor because they're afraid they'll be with sick people. Mm -hmm. And the second is that a lot of the doc offices are reluctant to see people for that same reason that they may be bringing somebody in who's contagious. So uh, preventive services are are down. The uh, There is a spike for sure in uh, hospitalizations for COVID. In fact, on our clients that uh, where we get health uh, claim data on, we are we are asking all the carriers to give us COVID-specific claims. And we're seeing claims, of, I think the highest claim we've seen is about $450,000, but we're seeing some very significant claims uh, okay. due to COVID. So the hospitals, you know, if you're in a metropolitan area and they're saying that they're full, they probably are. If you're in a suburban area, I think it'd be less likely. Uh, same with the rural. Uh, but I think one of the concerns that we have is that uh, elective procedures are way down. Mm -hmm. um, people are not getting their knees replaced, their hips, their shoulders fixed. Uh, but I also think that many people are foregoing their cancer treatments and infusion therapies for fear of being in a setting from which they could catch uh, the disease. So um, it's creating a really interesting dynamic. On the one hand, you have uh, a suppression of claims. And on the other hand, you have a spike of claims. In reality, the bottom line is that employers are seeing a significant reduction in the value of the claims that they're paying right now. And, that, and I would imagine uh, we all saw that in some way, shape or form reflected in some of the premium refunds and rebates 
that some of the carriers had, had shared throughout the year. And, and we even saw them crossing over into uh, automobile insurance for reduced utilization and uh, credits there as well. So it seems to be evident that uh, there's some, some money saving going on there. Definitely. And you have the added complexity of the Affordable Care Act requiring groups with more than 50 or 100 employees to be getting rebates uh, when their medical loss ratio is, is below a certain level. So exactly. the carriers, carriers are responding to exactly what's happening in the marketplace with uh, regard to the, the value of claims and how much are hitting. What do we see, Joe, in terms of, uh, and I've participated on a couple of um, webinars, the anticipated return to, to the claims and, and when they might get back to normal with some of the folks accessing care uh, that you had mentioned previously just simply aren't for fear or, or, or uh, the access being limited by the provider. Well, I see a couple of things happening there. I think number one, I don't think we're going to see a resurgence of claims until lockdowns uh, are gone. I don't think people will be comfortable, and even I think it will be months after that before people get uh, comfortable enough to go into hospital settings or other healthcare settings. Our actuaries are predicting anywhere from a minus two percent increase to a plus seven percent increase in. Uh, in claims once the pandemic is past us. So whether that will we'll see that, uh, and, I, and I realize that's a, a, from a negative to a, uh, a positive, um, but, I, but I think we will not see that until we're pretty much past this pandemic. And I don't see that necessarily for 2021. I think mm -hmm. the impact of the suppression is gonna happen in 2022. Yeah, and I think we've heard that from some of the carriers as well, uh, that it would take just about that long. So that should have an impact also on premiums for the for the employers as well. Well, I think so. The uh, I mean, we're seeing renewals uh, for for groups anywhere from uh, a flat. We've seen a couple negative renewals, uh, and we're seeing them. Wow. Uh, we're not seeing anything above twenty percent increases. Uh, but in a couple of instances, they have had significant COVID claims and they, uh, you know, uh, they are seeing significant increases. But for the most part, the rate increases are lower than normal. And I, and I would imagine that the percentage of COVID claims across the country would be reflected in the percentage of COVID claims that an employer might have. So hopefully a very low percentage overall of, of the employee population that's insured. I think you're right about that. That would, that would be great. So how, how, would, how is this going to trickle down to the employees? Um, we've talked about the, uh, the reduction of potential claims across the board and the changes of demand, um, how this may impact employers and their cost for premium. What do you see happening with the impact on employees, Jeff? What, what I see happening is a, is a really interesting phenomenon, and, and that is that um, most employers uh, have no particular interest in doing anything with their plans or their costs. <laughs> they, they see the disruption to yeah. employees. They see the stress. And the, honestly, the last thing that they want to do or I would advise them to do is to increase deductibles and increase co-payments or especially, especially increase the, the cost of the plan. I think the splits on employee contributions versus employer contributions to plans is going to be, will probably remain pretty steady. Most, most uh, 
employers we we deal with are saying, you know what, if I can get through this year with no disruption and just let everything stay as it is, um, then uh, then I think that's uh, that's what they're choosing to do. I think we're seeing that in uh, and maybe you know you may be seeing that at Prestige in the number of new clients you're picking up. Yeah. Uh, you know, some are doing it because they need to, have to, want to, have a great desire to, but there seems to be less uh, less demand. But those that are asking about either working with us, changing brokers, or changing to a PEO, I think they're really in a position where they 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 almost have to because they see a, lot, a better light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, I would agree that the significance of, of what's motivating the change has to be much larger than it had previously been, because like like everyone, the employer and the employee, uh, everyone's facing so much, it's, it's one less thing they want uh, people to have to worry about. Uh, so we certainly echo that or mirror that. Um, in terms of... Uh, Benefit plans changes, Joe, or designs. You know, we've talked about costs. We've talked about uh, uh, maybe contributions. What do you What do you see in uh, in terms of what uh, might happen with the plan designs moving forward? If well, I hate to I hate to be a boring uh, guest on the program, <laughs> but uh, I, I don't see much in the future for you know the immediate future. And I'm I'll say the immediate future is 2021. I don't really see much happening with. Uh, with plan designs. I think we've gotten to a point where if you have a high deductible health plan, most employers would conclude that they've stretched that deductible out about as far as they can go. There are statutory limits to it uh, in addition. And we, we don't have many clients that reach the statutory limits. But I just don't see a big appetite on the part uh, for the next year or so for much tinkering with plan design. Uh, we had a, 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 a new client this year who changed their one plan offering from a high deductible health plan of $4,000 to a P, uh, PPO plan with a $10 copay, and they brought the contribution way down because what they were finding is that the neglect in their population was occurring because the employees didn't want to go to the doctor because they, so they were, you, you know what happened. They end up sure. coming to the, coming, presenting at the hospital with much greater and more severe symptoms than they might otherwise have had they had that looked at, but they didn't want to have it looked at because they had a $4,000 deductible. So in an effort to get them to the doctor, we implemented the least expensive plan as a PPO plan, which is counterintuitive to everything that, all of us have ever believed, but the employer was really interested in making a statement about how they treat their employees and about the wellness uh, and and overall health of their employees. Yeah, that, that's a great paternalistic approach to, to show the employees that you care and also super tough year to gauge the relative value of a high deductible health plan if uh, fear of obtaining services is, is driving uh, employee behavior. So interesting thing to look at uh, on a go forward basis. So it makes a lot of sense. Thanks for sharing that. Um, one of the questions uh, that we had heard, and I'm not so sure there's an answer either in terms of, do we see anything that's going to change uh, in terms of what's considered uh, 
preventative or or non-preventative, we, we know that the COVID-related testing um, uh, has been provided uh, theoretically free of charge. Any, anything along those lines, Joe, that you've experienced that, that's worth uh, sharing with the audience? I, I think that the, uh, the well, the, the testing has been uh, deemed to be a preventive uh, procedure, a preventive measure. Uh, so there's no cost to the employee uh, under under any of the medical plans. So and I and I think that uh, what we're seeing right away is that the uh, providers of, of the vaccine are um, are paying for the vaccine, but they're not paying for the administration of the vaccine. And and mm-hmm. I, and I think uh, under a new administration in Washington, that's going to change. Uh, I think people are going to be encouraged uh, to get a vaccine at no cost just because it's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think, but other than that, I think, um, you know, all of, all of the preventive services are pretty much regulated and I don't see any more being added to it, nor do I see any being removed from it. Uh, you mentioned, you mentioned Washington a little bit and, and, and maybe the change that's happening there. Any thoughts on uh, modifications to the Affordable Care Act as a result of, of what's happening here, or is it just too early to tell? I think it's a little too early to tell, um, but uh, but tinkering, I'm uh, too early to say specifics, but I'm absolutely sure there will be some tinkering. Uh, I think that there will be an effort to get uh, more uh, uncovered uh, people in the United States covered. I think they're going to try to reduce costs uh, they're going to try to make it complex. I'm sorry, less complex to navigate. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I spent a little time on the Biden website, and uh, he's thinking of things like a public option, which might look like an expansion of Medicare. From currently, you get you're eligible for Medicare at age 65. Um, you might be able to be eligible for Medicare at age 60, which, in a in an odd sort of way, would help some employers because there's a concentration of claim activity once you hit that 60 to 65 point. Um, and I, I, there's also, he talks a little bit about standing up to big pharma. Uh, that remains to be seen. Uh, I, I, everybody said that the individual mandate went away. Uh, it did not ever go away. It simply got reduced to zero, uh, but it was done legislatively. So with the stroke of a executive order, it cannot go back to being implemented, but there will be, I believe there will be an individual mandate. Uh, and I think it likely in the next two years that Congress will pass that. Um, and, but that remains to be seen, but I think that's, that's a couple of the things that are, that I think we have to look forward to. Absolutely. That's, that's, that's helpful. Well, Joe, thanks for all this great information. Uh, before we sign off, is there anything specific uh, that you want to drive home to the listeners as a takeaway uh, from our session today? Well, I think uh, there's. I think people need to uh, take a deep breath uh, and be very discerning in what they read, and try to look at different sources sources that often don't agree with each other, and try and figure out what the truth is. And by all means, be in contact with your doctor. Uh, use telemedicine if if necessary, and Make sure that you you keep to your regimen of if you're on meds, take the meds. If you need to talk to a doctor, talk to a doctor. Uh, otherwise, um, let's 
hope that this gets over sooner rather than later. Absolutely. And that, and that's a great message. Uh, uh, sometimes the, there's a spin on the news, I've been told. Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. So thank you very much, Joe. And I'd like to thank our listeners for tuning in. If you have any questions for Joe or would like to speak to him further, he can be reached directly at jellis, E-L-L-I-S, at cbiz.com. You can check out more expert insights on modern HR challenges in all of our episodes of HR in 15 by searching for HR in 15 on your favorite podcast app or at www.hrin15.com. Until next time, this is Tim Kelly and Joe Ellis thanking you for your time. For questions or more information on today's topic, visit prestigepeo.com.